Hello, my name is Ashley Balin, and welcome to Baby Puppy, the parenting podcast for anyone raising a human or fur baby. Now, before I start getting angry emails from people in the dog community or parenting community about how different raising a dog is from a child, trust me, I know, I know, I'm not saying they're the same at all. But as a professional dog trainer and behavior consultant and a mother, there are a startling number of similarities. I've applied strategies from my dog training education and experience to parenting with great success and vice versa. From the early days with an infant or puppy, dealing with teething, crate or crib training, socialization and language acquisition, to nutrition, anxiety, coping mechanisms, independence, confidence building and more, it's impossible to deny a crossover. On each episode of this podcast, we'll explore a different topic and speak with a parenting expert to gain insight, strategies, and advice while comparing them to my experience working with dogs. Join me on this journey to raise confident, empathetic, respectful, happy, and healthy dogs and humans. Hi, this week's episode is another call-in. I was joined by a very pregnant Heather Neary. Heather's getting close to giving birth to her first child and wanted to ensure that her dog was prepped for the baby's arrival. We go over everything from establishing new routines in advance, setting up safe spaces and boundaries, and eliminating potentially problematic behaviors, as well as how to set both her and the baby up for success during their initial introduction. I'm going to do a few more of these call-in episodes to close out the season, so if you have any questions you'd like answered regarding your children and dogs, please email info at meetyourmat.com. Enjoy! Hi, Heather. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Ashley? I'm good. Thank you so much for for joining me. I I really am excited about having this conversation. Me too. Thanks for having me. So we are talking about pregnancy and preparing our fur babies for human babies. Yes. Okay. So let's let's just begin at the very beginning. So you you have a, a fur baby. Mm-hmm. And tell me a little bit about him or her. Uh, well, her name is Shiloh. She'll be turning eight this month. And uh, we got her when she was a year and a half old. And she had a bit of a, a rough first year and a half being tied up to a doghouse with no attention whatsoever. So when we got her, she was, you know not comfortable with being touched or playing with toys or being on a leash. And we've done a lot of work with her and I've since turned her into a very spoiled dog. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So she, she's been living with you now for, I guess, six and a half years. Yeah. Okay. So she's very, very happily domesticated now. She is. Yes. <laughs> and, and you're currently pregnant. Yes. I'm uh, yeah. And how far along are you? Uh, quite far. <laughs> About 36 weeks. So. Oh, wow. Okay. So you're, you're really close to the end. How are you feeling? Uh, I'm feeling okay. <laughs> Not amazing, but you know, near the end. So. Yeah, yeah, I remember those days. 
once you once I hit around 36 weeks I was done <laughs> yeah. yeah I was I was ready to do anything it took to get him out of me as quickly as possible mm-hmm. yeah I, I totally empathize Okay, so why don't we get to your actual question? So I know that you want a little information about how to prepare Shiloh for the baby, but do you have any uh, like do you have any specific concerns, or you just want to ensure that you do it properly? Um, I mean, I do have some concerns, being that like she's really never been around many kids. We don't have a lot of friends with kids so I've always been just because you know we haven't raised her from being a puppy I I fully trust her with myself but I've never fully trusted her around small children and you know she's never shown any aggression or anything but she can you know she's loves to run around and be super fast and gets excited when she plays. So I've kind of always just been a bit apprehensive around other people's kids. Okay. No, no, but that's, that's, that's a good piece of information to have. So your concern isn't regarding her potentially being aggressive. Your concern is more about her not respecting boundaries and space. Yeah, probably just cause, and you know, probably my fault like I you know I treat her like a baby so she's you know we had a spot for her on the couch that was her spot and I've slowly let her kind of creep to other areas of the couch and now that I work from home for the last 10 months so we spend a lot of time together so she is you know she's number one around here and not sure how she's gonna react to being number two maybe I well you'd be you'd be surprised dogs are very adaptable and very resilient as I'm sure you've learned considering the like even the specific history of your own dog you've seen how she was able to overcome her past and uh you know adapt pretty pretty easily into a new environment mm-hmm. um that being said, she is now in a home with a family that she loves, that she respects, and that she feels safe and secure. So as long as you follow you know, some really basic introductory tips and you kind of set her up for success in addition to setting the baby up for success, then you, I can't imagine you having any major hiccups. And you know, if you do stumble upon things, then you just call me back <laughs> and we'll figure it out. Yeah. But what I really always stress, and I know that you're getting really close to to the you know end game here, that I would try to implement all of the changes that you're hoping to see once the baby comes in advance of the baby actually arriving, even if that means only taking the next few weeks to implement it. Yeah. Because if there, if your dog you know does perceive any change within the household it's always best that that change occurs prior to the baby coming so that if she has a negative reaction the negative reaction isn't in direct correlation with the baby's arrival right uh, you know, dogs think in a very black and white sort of way, and they really think, you know, am I enjoying what's happening in this exact moment? If so, then I'm going to have a positive association with it. And if not, I'm going to have a negative association with it. Mm-hmm. So if she's accustomed to specific privileges within your house or having unlimited access to all the rooms in the house, having access to you at all times, having access to all the furniture, 
And then suddenly that all of that access and all of those, you know, that privilege is taken away the moment the baby arrives, then she's, she could start having a negative association with the baby. Mm -hmm. So what I would really recommend, and I'll walk through all the steps with you, are to make those changes, even if they are subtle and you do it incrementally over the next couple weeks, that those changes occur in advance of the baby coming so that when the baby actually arrives, there's no changes that you're making other than the introduction of a new, a new being in the house. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. So, yeah, so you you want to almost, you know, create the list of all the changes that you're planning on making and then implement them over the next 2 to 3 weeks if you, you know, if you're able to, if you're physically able to, if not then you could ask your partner or other family members that you're bubbling with during COVID to be able to to help you out. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, then once we go through all of those steps, the next part of it is the actual introduction the first time that you bring the baby home. Yeah. And how you set that introduction up is just important, you know, just as important as all of the work that you do prior to that, because that initial introduction will end up setting the stage for their relationship moving forward. Okay. So the first thing in terms of preparing your dog is that you want to decide on the new rules of the house. So, you know, as we were just discussing, perhaps your dog currently has full roam of the house. They might have permission to sleep in your bed or sleep on the furniture. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, perhaps they're used to jumping on guests as they arrive or, you know, begging for food at the table. So this is, you know, and I'm not, I'm not telling you what the rules should be, because every house has different rules and that's perfectly fine. It's just about evaluating how you see your life with a baby moving forward and whether you still want to continue allowing your dog to do all of those things. Or if you think that it'll make your life easier to change some of those things. And if so, this is the time to do it before the baby comes. Mm-hmm. So I don't know um, if you, you know, if you, could sit down with your partner and say like, you know, do we still want the dog to sleep in our bed after the baby comes? Do we still want the dog to be able to go on all the furniture after the baby comes? You know, do we want her to be sitting at the table while we're eating? You know, I don't, I don't know how you have things set up at the moment. Uh, but it's just, you kind of want to go through every room in the house and see what she has access to and what she's, you know, currently accustomed to and determine whether those things will still be acceptable when there's a baby either in your arms or crawling on the floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so that's, that's the very first step that I would just, you know, really just change physical boundaries. If there are certain rooms that the dog's not going to be able to access anymore, like say whichever room you're choosing as the baby's room that could have previously been a spare bedroom or an office or, or something else that she might've had free access to, you might not want her to have free access to that room anymore. So if that's the case, you want to get her accustomed to not being able to enter that room, even if you go in. Yeah. So if she's accustomed to following you around all the time, then you want to make sure that she's okay with you going into the baby's room and closing the door behind you without her being able to follow you into the room. Yeah. Uh, You know, you just have to start thinking about, and I know it's hard to imagine what your life's going to be like when you haven't had a baby before. Yeah. So you don't really know what all those changes are going to look like until they actually happen. But there are some surefire things that you can guarantee. You know that in the first three months, 
you're going to be going into that room several times a night in order to, you know, nurse or feed or, you know, tend to a crying baby that's waking up. So you likely want to be able to go into that room quietly without having a dog following you constantly. Mm-hmm. So if that's the case, then over the next few weeks, you should practice going in and out of that room at different times of the day and closing the door behind you and having her get accustomed to being separated from you for, you know, various chunks of time. Okay. Uh, So the next thing on the list is, you know, I don't know. Uh, you know, it's hard for me to tell without doing an assessment of your dog in person, but I don't know if you have specific behavioral issues that you've been concerned with up until this point. They could be really, you know, minor things that you never really considered because they didn't infringe on your life on a day-to-day basis. Things like pulling on leash or barking if someone knocks on the door Mm -hmm. or, um, you know, as I mentioned earlier, jumping on guests. If, if any of those type of sort of like day-to-day challenges exist, this would be the time to, again, write that list, send it over to me, and I can give you specific advice as to how to address and eliminate those, those concerns. You know, because, again, you've been living without a baby. So, for example, if your dog barks at noises outside the window or barks at you playfully for attention or for a toy once in a while, it might not be a big deal. But now imagine you've just spent 45 minutes rocking your baby to sleep and you finally have a moment to shower for the first time in three days. And at that exact moment, a squirrel runs by your window and your dog starts barking and the baby starts crying. Yeah, that's definitely, I mean, we've been getting a lot of deliveries these days and yeah, I'm concerned. <laughs> right. So it's it, this is this is kind of the moment to evaluate and and as you move throughout the day, think about the moments that your dog is barking, thinking about the moments that your dog maybe gets a little overexcited and starts running around. Some dogs have a witching hour at the end of the day where they start sort of like, you know, running in circles or pacing a little bit more. Or maybe you notice on walks that your dog, you know, tries to pull you really hard towards squirrels or they react to skateboards or, you know, there could just be various things that they see or hear that elicit some kind of reaction. So you want to, again kind of catalog what those things are so that you can address it and eliminate it or at least begin the process of eliminating it over the next few weeks because the last thing you want is to have your dog disturb you you know while you are breastfeeding while you're trying to put the baby down for a nap while you're doing those types of you know activities that are now going to become part of your daily routine because it's you're going to end up resenting your dog <laughs> And that's, that's definitely not what you want or what I want or what your dog or your baby want, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah, the second thing is to just sort of like catalog those moments and those behavioral concerns that were never really priority, that you have to make more of a priority now. Mm-hmm. And if you, uh, yeah, either we could do a second phone call to address those specifically or you can send them you know, just message me and I will send you like instructions on how to begin the process of eliminating those things. Okay. That sounds great. So the next thing is um, that you want to eliminate any sort of physical correction or control. 
And I'm not talking about anything punitive. I don't, I don't believe that you are like physically harming your dog. What I mean by that is that many people use physical management strategies in order to control their dog. Like little things like when you go to the front door to answer it, that you might hold your dog's collar or you might like block them physically mm-hmm. or you know, you might, if the dog's going to jump on someone that comes in the house, you might rely on like using a leash or a collar to pull them away from the situation. So you now have to assume moving forward that you're going to be holding a baby at almost all times. Right. So you, you might not be in a position to be able to hold a baby and physically maneuver your dog, especially if you have a larger breed dog, Mm -hmm. um, which I believe you do. Yeah. Uh, so you, you, you know, this is kind of like a, a simple, uh, like a, a very simple thing to eliminate. But if you can, again, think of the moments throughout the day where you rely on using physicality as opposed to just using like your voice or any sort of verbal control, then I would start marking those moments and find an alternative that allows you to control her through like through verbal cues as opposed to physical physical cues okay and again these are all things that once you have these examples i i'm happy to i'm happy to walk you through them but i'm just kind of going through an overall summary of the things that you should consider in advance of the baby coming and then if you have specific examples that you can think of that you you know do heavily rely on physical control in one specific area or if you do know that there's one specific thing that happens every day that triggers your dog to bark then like those are those would become the priority items that we would target first and then we can kind of do like a, a trickle down effect and just choose the other things that are on the list that are lower on the priority to, to do afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely tend to hold her back when we're getting any type of delivery because that's just the easiest thing to do, but I can see exactly. it be hard. Exactly. It is the easiest thing to do. So there are, you know, two strategies. One is that we actually implement you know, a, a routine or a training ritual where, or some sort of protocol where every time that she hears the doorbell or someone knocking on the door that she has to immediately go to her bed or go to a specific location. And when she goes to that specific location, she has to stay there until you've released her. And in exchange, she gets some sort of high value reward or a Kong or a toy that she doesn't always have access to. Mm -hmm. And then it becomes just, it just becomes a solid routine where when someone comes to the door, she goes to her spot and she's rewarded for that. Yeah. The other option, if you, you know, are overwhelmed by, everything that's going to be happening over the next couple of weeks is, you know, to actually manage the space with like the real boundaries. Like you could put a baby gate up or you could put something else up that prevents her from being able to access the front door. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She does have a, a spot that we send her to, but you know, she's not overly consistent at staying there when someone's knocking on our door. So Right. And that's where, you know, the, the, the next step kind of comes into play. And again, it's much more difficult when you're already at 36 weeks as opposed to being at like 20 weeks and planning months in advance. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, COVID has gotten the best of us. And I feel like the last 10 months has just sped by and no one's actually <laughs> been able to, to keep track of anything. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, the, the, the next step is those sort of like basic obedience commands that we have either not prioritized or we know that our dogs listen to when there's no change in the environment or when you know, you know, you're in a fully controlled place like your house, but then many dogs have quote unquote selective hearing, you know, which simply means that their obedience commands haven't been proofed or generalized in, in various settings with new triggers or unfamiliar stimuli. So, you know, your dog might sit every single time you ask them to sit, but then if there's a new noise or a new person or another dog, then they're not likely to sit anymore. Yeah. So, you know, what I always really try to put a heavy emphasis on is choosing those like five sort of basic commands that are essential, like, you know, sit down, stay, come, leave it like those, those types of commands and practicing them every day in, you know, with new distractions and like new people, new dogs, new sounds, new everything. So that when the baby does come, you know, that you can still verbally control your dog to do those basic commands when the delivery man comes, when the baby's crying, when the phone's ringing, when, when all of these different things are happening, because your dog has been, you know, conditioned to still perform those behaviors, even when all of this new activity is happening around them. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it's, it's, again, it's going to be difficult to do when you're this close, but you could always start the process now, get two or three weeks into training and then just continue after the baby's born. But at least you've set a solid foundation over the next few weeks. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and so the next thing, and you don't have to actually memorize all of these things. I'll send them over to you afterwards in an email. So I don't, you know, I don't, I can like, I feel like you're like quickly trying to write things down. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I will, I'll, I'll be sure to send everything over to you afterwards. Okay. But uh, yeah, the, the next thing is if you already, I don't know if you're superstitious or not. Do you already have the, the nursery set up? Uh, pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Do you have uh, like the baby items or at least the, bigger ones like bassinet crib some toys blankets those those types of things oh yeah yeah we're perfect set up (laughs) okay perfect so what i would start to do is to set up a training protocol where you're teaching your dog invisible boundaries around anything that belongs to your baby okay So how that would work is it would be during an intentional training session. It's something that you want to actually teach as like a a protocol as opposed to just being reactionary once the, once the baby's actually born and just trying to constantly separate your dog from the baby or take blankets or toys and things out of your dog's mouth. It's better to, to set it up as something way in advance so that your dog's very practiced with it and they, then it doesn't become a point of contention. So what it would look like is that, you take something out of your baby's room, you put it on the floor a couple feet away from your dog, your dog is going to naturally be curious mm-hmm. and go over, will try to go over to the item to smell the item. Once they, your dog gets about you know a foot or even two feet away from the item, you're going to immediately say like, uh-uh, and, or whatever, whatever corrective word you use, whether that's uh-uh, no, leave it, you know, whichever word you use in your household. And then you're going to redirect your dog with a high value treat or toy or something that they really like. Mm -hmm. You're going to redirect them away from the object, get them to sit or lie down, and then jackpot treats. 
So what that what's going to happen is that your dog's going to learn that if they always stay within a one to two foot boundary around the objects that belong to the baby, then they're going to be heavily rewarded for that. Hmm. Yeah. And, and what you'll, what you'll end up creating if you practice it with the bassinet and with the blankets and with, you know, the things that will typically be, um, you know, on the floor, you know, things like, uh, you know, certain toys or those mats that babies lie on on the ground, uh, then you end up with a dog that knows that even if the baby is lying in the middle of the mat playing with his toys or her toys, that the dog can come over and say hi, but always has to give that, you know, that privacy ring of two feet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good um, advice. I had not thought of that one before. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, there's a there's a lot to think about and I don't want you to think that, you know, you have to do all of this in the next 3 weeks because you're going to be bringing a newborn baby home, right? Mm-hmm. So, what that means is that you still then have a few months before your baby is going to be have like any mobility whatsoever. Right? You're going to be either carrying the baby or the baby's going to be in a bassinet or the baby's going to be like lying in tummy time on the floor on a blanket for the next like you know three to six months Mm -hmm. so you don't have to yet worry about the crawling or the standing or the walking or any of the various issues that go along with like mobility with a young child and a dog at this stage all we need to concern ourselves with is that both the dog and the baby feel safe have their own boundaries, have personal space, and that they can coexist without having to be near each other. Mm-hmm. That's it. Okay. So the other thing is, I don't know if you're planning on installing any baby gates, but if you are, you should do it before the baby comes home so that, again, your dog becomes accustomed to this new, like, marcated separation because mm-hmm. I don't know if your dog has any type of separation anxiety or, or, or anything like that. But if the plan is to use the baby gates, maybe not necessarily to separate your dog from you, but as the baby starts moving around to separate like the baby from dangerous objects, you don't want the dog to be again, associating these new walls that have been put up within her house with the baby because she could end up trying to rip them down. She could try to jump them. She could try to do something that you don't expect with the presence of these new walls because she could find it a source of anxiety. So, so it's better to just set them up in advance so that you can address any emotions or reactions that she has in advance. And then you don't have to contend with that, you know, with that reaction after the baby is born. Okay. Um, and you know, the the next thing, which is very difficult to do during COVID, I completely understand is, you know, to try and teach your dog how to greet a baby. Um, I don't know if you have anyone that you like any close friends or family members that have like newborns or or young children that you could possibly practice with, or are you not really seeing any family right now because of COVID. Um, yeah, we're not seeing too many people right now. Just trying to be extra careful as I get closer to the day. Well, yeah, exactly. That's why, 
you know, I, if you need to skip that step, I, I totally understand. It's this has made it, you know, has made training just very difficult. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah, you skip that step. <laughs> uh, the the next question I have, which is just something that you have to take into consideration, is: Are you do you currently have a dog walker or send your dog to daycare? No. Okay. Is that something that you're going to consider in the first few months afterwards, or are you just hoping to maintain a walk schedule with the baby? Yeah, we hadn't considered that at all. We, I mean, I sort of picture myself wanting. Okay, great. No, honestly, like, yeah, no, if you, if you can do it, then all the power to you. Like I know that because you're having a winter baby. So you know, I know that some people, if they're, you know, in a position to do so, have the baby in the winter, they don't immediately want to, you know, take the baby and go for long walks with their dog, because they're concerned about, you know, the temperature of the baby, or they're worried about slipping on the ice or, or these sorts of like various concerns. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you know, millions of people still do it. And it's definitely possible to do. But, you know, just like how some people choose to have a night nurse, some other people that have dogs choose to hire a dog walker for the first month afterwards just to kind of help with that transition period. Yeah. So all I was going to say is if you were planning on introducing a walker to try and introduce them before the baby's born so that your dog doesn't suddenly think that now that there's a baby, there's a stranger that's going to come and, and take her away every day. Right. So, but if that's not something that you're doing, then we don't even need to talk about it. Okay. Yeah, uh, we don't know what to expect, what we're hoping. Yeah, well, and, and again, this is, you know, all the steps that we're going through right now is for just for things for you to think about, things for you to like start putting into action if you have the time and bandwidth to be able to do so. If you only end up doing 10 or 15 or 20% of what we're talking about, it's still worlds better than having done nothing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So I definitely, I don't want you to leave this conversation thinking that if you don't do all of these things, that it's going to be a disaster because that's, that's not the situation at all. Mm-hmm. It's just always better to be prepared. Yes. So even if you just have the knowledge and you don't put anything into action, then at least when you start to see, you know, some changes within your dog, you can reference back to this conversation and think, oh yeah, Ashley had mentioned that. So I'm going to send her an email and we're going to work specifically on this one thing that I'm concerned about. Mm -hmm. Uh, The next thing is, and I know that this sounds really silly, but you know, I would have, do you have a plan for what happens with your dog when you go into labor? Uh, We do. Yes. I recently told a friend that she was (laughs) our person that we were going to call. And I think Shiloh will go stay over at her house for, however long we're away for and then yeah I guess we haven't thought about and maybe you can go over this about the first meeting like yeah should we have her stay with our friend for a few days and then bring her home okay so yeah we will we'll definitely go over that I just want to make sure that whoever you've chosen to be the person that takes your dog is you know obviously understands that you know labor is unpredictable and, you know, giving birth is unpredictable. And there's a possibility that you might be like going into surprise labor at three o'clock in the morning and that you need to run out of the house. Like, and you want to make sure that the person has a key in order to get into your house to get your dog if you do need to run out unexpectedly. Yeah. Um, 
you know, you also want to make sure that, you know, if they're due, you know, knock on wood, <laughs> like happen to be some sort of complications that Shiloh could stay in that location for several weeks if necessary. Right. Yeah. Uh, um, and it would also be nice if that friend would would be interested in being part of that initial introduction. Like, would they be willing to grab a blanket from you in order to introduce the baby's scent in advance of your dog coming home? Mm-hmm. So these are just like certain sort of conversations you should have with your friend to see if she would be willing to help you with you know every step of the process to try and set up that initial introduction to be you know as positive as possible. Okay. Yeah. Um, And we'll go over the introduction in one second. The last thing that I want to mention that you can do in advance that's actually very easy is to acclimatize your dog to the new sounds and smells that are going to be in your house regularly. So, you know, you could play a recording every day until the baby's born of babies crying, of babies cooing, put them at different volumes throughout different times of the day so the dog becomes accustomed to the new noises in advance of the baby coming home um you know if you've already decided on which diapers you're going to use or which lotions or bath time products you're going to use you could introduce that scent to your dog way in advance it's just dogs are very sensory creatures so the second that you know, if, if a new baby comes into the house and then there's new sounds and new smells and new everything, then they're going to be so overwhelmed and overloaded that it's going to take them like a lot of time to process that information. Mm-hmm. But if you can introduce some of those scents and some of those sounds and some of the movement and some of the boundaries and, you know, some of the things that we've discussed over the last half an hour, if you, if you can introduce even like a, you know, a modicum of those things in advance, it'll end up lessening your dog's reaction. And that reaction might not be negative at all. It could be overly positive. But even overly positive could lead to overexcitement. It could lead to, um, you know, overstimulation. It could lead to a lot of other a lot of other things that could come out through, you know, pacing and jumping and and, and various other you know other undesirable emotions. Mm-hmm. So just expose as much as you can in advance to the baby actually being born. Okay, and then okay. You, so if you say she should get used to like the smell of the diapers is that but should I keep the rule of like her staying two feet away from definitely dogs do not need to be up up close to something to smell it right so you know let's say that right now you have the diapers but they're in like a sealed package Mm -hmm. instead you could just open up the package take a couple of the diapers out and like casually leave it on your you know kitchen island or on your bedside table or something just so that the smell is in the environment okay yeah Uh, you know the, the same thing with the soaps or like diaper cream or lotions or whatever you can just even like put the cream on your own hand or you can put the soap in the bath the next time that you take a shower just so that you start to introduce those scents into the environment and not in an overwhelming way where you're shoving it in her face and telling her to smell it Mm -hmm. but just so that it becomes part of you know the the scent profile of your house okay Okay, so in terms of the initial introduction, so if you can introduce the 
actual scent of your child to the dog in advance of bringing the baby home. So that could mean that you ask your partner or a family member or the friend that Shiloh's going to be staying with to take the receiving blanket from the hospital or a onesie that they've worn to the location that your dog is staying at while you're recovering for a couple days. Mm-hmm. And again, you don't want to shove the item in their face. You just simply want to put that item with your baby scent, like on the couch or on a chair nearby for the duration of the rest of her stay so that you just becomes accustomed to that scent being close by without her actually having to interact with it at all. So you're not going to, you know, put it in her bed or put it in her crate or, you know, put it in her face. She just, you just want her to get used to it so that when she does come home and she smells it in her environment, she's not even going to question it because now she's become accustomed to it over the previous days. Mm-hmm. Okay. You'd be, you'd be surprised how powerful scent, you know, smell is with dogs is that, you know, they, they usually have a strong emotional reaction to a scent they, that's unfamiliar to them. But then once they become acclimatized to it and it becomes part of their regular environment, then they cease to have a reaction to the smell anymore. Um, so the next thing is that when you do reunite with your dog after being separated for like a few days or weeks or however long you decide upon, make sure that you greet your dog first, separate from introducing your dog to the baby. Okay. So you don't want your first meeting to be you holding the baby and your dog being so excited because she hasn't seen you in a few days that she just like excitedly runs over to you and jumps all over you. And then it's like, you know, chaos. Mm -hmm. So on your first meeting, get your, you know, again, your partner or, you know, whoever can be helpful to watch the baby for five minutes while you go over, you know, say hi to her, cuddle with her, pet her, get rid of that initial excitement so that she can return to like a calm stage. And then you can start the process of the introduction. You just don't want any type of overexcitement being affiliated with that initial introduction. Yeah. Okay. So then after your dog has settled, you want to ask someone, whoever is there, it could be your friend, it could be your partner, to put your dog on a leash and like keep her on the leash while you go and pick the baby up. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to, you know, if you're leaving the room to get the baby, then you're going to re-enter the room with the baby for the first time. Ensure that the baby remains in your arms the entire time and you're going to stay in a standing position so that your dog doesn't have access to the baby at all. Like even access in terms of putting her face like, you know, right up in her, like in the baby's face. Mm -hmm. You don't want them to be able to have any physical contact with one another. You want it to be like almost like a benign introduction where someone's holding your dog on a leash you're going to walk into the room holding the baby. You're going to continue, you know, talking and operating as if there's nothing different. Like you're, you just happen to be holding a baby. Okay. And then, I mean, your dog is obviously going to recognize that you are holding a, a human being and they're going to see and smell the baby in your arms. But since you're not making a big deal about the introduction, your dog will be less likely to make a big deal about it as well. Okay. So, then you're just going to stand there and talk and wait for her to calm down if she does get excited. And after about five or 10 minutes, then you can ask the handler to leave with the dog, take the dog for like a 15 minute walk 
just to get out whatever excess energy has been sort of like created in that like initial excitement of this new creature being in the house. And then when that person returns with your dog, you're honestly just going to continue operating as if you never left and as if the baby never came. Mm -hmm. So you're just going to move about the house as you always have with the only difference being that now you're holding a baby. So, you know, you're going to go and sit in front of your computer. You're going to go prepare food in the kitchen. You're, you know, going to do laundry. You're going to do whatever it is that you would normally do around your house, but you're just going to be carrying a baby or wearing a baby while you do it. So the, you're not actually having an introduction in the traditional sense where you're taking the baby and like putting the baby in front of your dog's nose Mm -hmm. for the first few days at home. You're just going to, you know, either keep the dog on a leash or keep the dog, you know, a few feet away in the same room until they get adjusted to each other's presence and the new routine. And you're still not allowing them to interact with each other. Okay. So then by the time the third day comes, like the second or third day comes, your dog should be at a point now where when you, you know, come in and out of the room with the baby, when the baby, you know cries or makes any sort of noise your dog should be desensitized by that time because they've now been in the environment for you know 48 to 72 hours and once you see that your dog is at the point where you can walk around freely and that your dog isn't showing an obsessive interest in the baby then you can do your physical introduction where you sit down on the couch and you invite your dog to come over and you pet your dog and allow them your dog to smell the baby while you're holding her okay and again in order to you know if it's possible if you have your partner there with you then you want to in that initial introduction just you know for the sake of safety and being overprotective have the dog on a leash so that if the dog does get overexcited or tries to lick the baby obsessively that you can use the leash to remove the dog from the situation and then reapproach once she calms down again okay but if that's not possible then you just want to obviously you know keep the baby on your chest so that you you are fully protecting the baby and the, allow the dog to come over sit next to you pet your dog allow your dog to smell the baby and then after you know a couple minutes of having that pleasant moment then again you just get up and continue moving around the house you never want to bring too much attention to this to this introduction. It should just be completely normal that there's now a new baby in your house and you don't want to make a production out of it. Right, which is kind of what I pictured and <laughs> what you see in the movies is bringing home the new baby and making a big deal about it. So, um, Yeah, you definitely don't want to take training advice from anything you see in the movies. Yeah birthing advice I've learned recently so yeah but like once your dog gets used to the sight and the smell of the baby and they've had their sniffs and they've had their positive interactions where you're holding the baby and you're petting the dog like that's how real bonds end up forming is for the three of you or the four of you with your partner to just be able to have these like ongoing positive affectionate moments that don't have like these overly intense strong emotions attached to them you just always want to make sure that the interactions are you know structured and calm and that like your dog never has an association of like over excitement with your baby Mm -hmm. 
And what I see time and time and time and time again is that people do those movie introductions where they come in with the baby and they hold the baby like Simba in front of the, you know, in front of the dog. And they're like, this is your new sister or brother. And the dog gets overexcited and starts licking their face and running in circles and jumping on them. And then, you know, for years moving forward, the dog looks at that baby as their playmate Mm -hmm. and their relationship is, you know, wrestling and nipping and like all the things that dogs would do with other puppies and other dogs. Yeah. And, you know, not to say that you couldn't then correct it if that was the relationship that was created, like nothing's permanent, but if you can set up a relationship from the very beginning where it's just calm and the association is calm, then you never have to be concerned about that type of overexcitement or playful behavior. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and the next thing is, you know, and this might be common sense is that you want to make sure that, you know, as you were saying that your dog's very spoiled and is accustomed to being number one. So we know that obviously your attention is going to be divided now and that's okay, mm-hmm. but you want to make sure that when the baby is present, like when the baby's not sleeping and is in the room with you, that you do continue to give your dog positive attention because you know, what you really don't want to create is this you know, daily routine where the dog gets lots of attention when the baby's sleeping and no attention when the baby's awake, mm-hmm. because then your dog will only crave the moments when your baby's not there. Right. Right. So you, you want to almost like, you know, use <laughs> this sort of like reverse psychology where your dog gets lots of attention when the baby's there and less attention when the baby's not there. Because then your dog will really start looking forward to the moments that your baby's awake and, and engaging with you. Okay. Uh, and the other thing is that you don't want to ever punish your dog for doing anything that is related to the baby. So like, obviously if it's like a major safety concern and the dog's like jumping on your baby, then yes, that's it. That's a different scenario. You're going to immediately remove the dog and, and that's the end of the story. But if, you know, dogs will have a tendency to explore new, you know, new things that are in the house, they'll want to pick up dirty pooey diapers and they'll want to like chew on new toys that are on the floor. And, you know, there are going to be moments that are, you know, annoying and frustrating when your dog gets into things. And if in those moments you start getting frustrated and screaming at your dog or screaming no, then it could end up just creating, again, that a negative association with the baby and your dog. Because, you know, they associate the smell of the dirty diapers with the baby. And if every time they go for the dirty diapers, you scream no, then they're going to start thinking that that smell is a negative smell. Mm-hmm. So instead, when you're doing, you know, your five minutes or whatever it is of like daily obedience training to try and perfect these these commands, then you could introduce drop it as one of those one of those commands that you practice on a daily basis so that when your dog does get into the dirty diapers or does pick up one of your baby's toys, then you can just simply say like drop it in an upbeat positive voice as opposed to having to go into that like panic mode of, of screaming no. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and, you know, the, the last thing that I'm going to 
you know, really try to emphasize is this idea of, you know, creating and maintaining boundaries and safety zones. That the the ultimate goal here is not for your dog and baby to be able to, you know, cuddle on your bed or lie down on the blanket on the floor and be like, you know, physically intimate with one another. Mm-hmm. The the ultimate goal, you know, we're not trying to create this like unrealistic Instagram reality where you see the baby and the dog like, you know, as little spoon and big spoon under the blanket on your bed. Yeah. Like that is, you know, that is not the goal because it's unsafe. Like the, the actual goal is for the two of them to be able to peacefully and calmly coexist for the rest of their lives. That's it. So all you want is for them to be able to be in the same space and be able to enjoy each other's company and feel safe and secure in each other's presence. And, you know, for you to not be concerned that as your child develops and reaches milestones and becomes more active and more vocal and more mobile, that your dog isn't going to start changing their behavior through those different, you know, developmental periods. Like that's the focus should just be on creating and maintaining a calm in like peaceful environment as opposed to trying to create this like forced physical bond. Right. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. It does. Okay. So yeah, I would just really have a conversation with your partner about what the rules of the house are going to be about where those safety zones are going to be. Like the dog should have a place that she should go, that she can go to that the baby does not have access to. Okay. Just so that if she wants her own private space, if she feels overwhelmed, if she feels threatened in any way, that she has a place she can retreat to that she knows is like a safe space. Mm-hmm. So whether that be a crate, whether that be a bed that's in a private location, um, that c- it could even be like an extra spare little like corner or room in the house that you know that the baby's not going to have access to. You just want to make sure that like the dog also feels respected and knows that she has a place she can go to to be alone. Mm-hmm. Having a new baby in the house is overwhelming, <laughs> you know, for the, for the people and the dog. It, you know, it changes everything. It changes your routine. It changes the emotion in the house. It changes everything. And your dog is going to pick up on all of that. Mm-hmm. So you just want to be respectful to her and make sure that she you know, she knows that her relationship with you hasn't changed, but also that if she does feel overwhelmed, that there's, you know, a place for her to go. Okay. Uh, yeah. So as long as, you know, I'm going to send all of this over to you, but as, as long as you have those safe spaces, maintain those boundaries, try to introduce those smells and sounds and various things that are going to be associated with the baby in advance, then, you know, all of the other things that we talked about in terms of eliminating, you know, the physical correction and eliminating all the behavioral issues and barking and pulling, those things you can just work on over time. Really what you want to introduce in advance is to just make sure that any changes that are going to be in the vi- in the environment happen in advance of the baby coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Okay. I know it's a lot of information, but do you have any specific questions about anything I just said? Uh, not really. I mean, yeah, like I've been nervous about things and I feel like 
being a little more knowledgeable now will help that. Like I know she'll, if I am nervous on our first meeting with the baby, then she'll pick up on that and that could make things worse. So, I mean. Yeah, again, the first introduction should be so boring. Yeah. Like so, 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 so boring. The first introduction is you holding the baby, walking into the room, having a conversation with your partner and your friend from five or 10 feet away from your dog and standing there for, as I said, five or 10 minutes. And then someone's going to take your dog for a walk and then they're going to return and life returns to normal. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah. So there's really nothing to be nervous about because your dog and your baby aren't going to actually interact with each other. Right. So the worst thing that can happen is that your dog gets really overexcited or gets anxious or gets scared and your partner or your friend is going to hold the leash and allow her the space to feel those emotions and to wait until she calms down and then they'll take her for a walk to get out all that excess energy and then they'll return and you'll just continue on with your day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's helpful because I mean, yeah, I was nervous before because I was kind of picturing it, you know, we would put the baby down in the car seat and just let the dog go up. And yeah. Be- we're not, we're not doing the Simba moment. Oh no. That's yeah. Great advice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is not, it is not necessary at all. It's the same thing as when like we have these, you know, generations of kids that have been taught that the way to introduce themselves to a dog is to walk over and like quickly stick their hand in the dog's face. And that's a good way to get bitten by a dog. Mm-hmm. Like the, the best way to introduce yourself to a dog is to simply stand a foot or two away from them and allow them to approach you. Yeah. And it's the exact same thing when you're introducing a baby to a dog. You're going to give your distance and you're going to allow your dog to, you know, feel the emotions, smell everything, watch the movements, observe what's happening. And then once they calm down, then they'll learn to approach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds like a good plan to me. Okay, well, I hope that it wasn't too much information. I promise you that I'll send everything over to you so you don't feel too overwhelmed and so that you can also share with your partner. Yep. And once, you know, over the next couple weeks leading up to the baby being born, if you have any questions at all, I'm here. And again, after the baby's born, if you have questions, you know, you know how to find me. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we probably will have questions, so... <laughs> okay well heather thank you so much for talking to me today i really appreciate it thank you we appreciate it enjoy the rest of your night and take take care of yourself over the next few weeks i will thank you okay good night night Thanks for listening. Are you looking to add a dog to your family? For a limited time only, listeners of Baby Puppy will receive 10% off our unique mutt-making package. Let us help you find the right breed, energy level, and temperament for your household based on your experience, expectations, routine, and personality. We always say there's no such thing as the perfect dog, but there is definitely a perfect dog for you. 
If you have a question you'd like answered on the show, child or dog related, email info at meetyourmutt.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at meetyourmutt or visit the website at www.meetyourmutt.com. Remember, this podcast is just a baby or puppy. And as they say, it takes a village. So please rate and review. Happy parenting. Baby Puppy is hosted, recorded, and produced by me, Ashley Balin. Production assistance by Koji Nagata and theme song by Pink Distortion Music. Music.